0: folks, welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Aggressive Show. This is Sincere Hogan. I have Mike Mahler on the other side of the microphone, but not on the other side of the microphone here at my house because <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> the way I'm, I'm dressed the- right now, I wouldn't feel comfortable <laughs> if you were here right now, man. I'm in, I'm in the basement it's in Sincere's house right now. <laughs> well, yeah. i you, going to show you haven't been to Texas enough. There's no basement action happening in Houston. We would drown. We're sitting on a swamp. Well, well, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's also known as the first floor. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, man, we have a great guest on today, and we're going to get to him in a minute. But first, just a couple of plugs and shout outs. One, I wanted to plug our friend, Dr. Mark Gordon. He's teamed up with the Warrior Angels Foundation to get his information out there, to proliferate his information, to help soldiers with PTSD. So you can check out all the great work they're doing at warriorangelsfoundation.org. Definitely go over there, give a donation. This is a This is something that we should all be concerned about. We should all do our part to help soldiers that have put themselves on the line and now are suffering the consequences and need some help so they can live productive, happy lives. So definitely check out warriorangels.org. Also, quick shout out to people that have been helping us. And by the way, I made a donation to this organization, which I wouldn't be able to do if it weren't for people such as The Following, who are not only supporting the show but my company. They're using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off some great products. We have Pranit Mongali. He's from India, so i got to say his I was name in like, so Indian, say Indian accent. <laughs> Otherwise, it will be Pranit We have Pranit Mungali. It's like, no, you got to go Pranit Mungali. (laughs) He'll appreciate that. He used coupon code LLA, and he or he placed a big order from India. And we have people around here that are complaining about (laughs) placing an order because maybe the shipping fee is too high to send it from Utah to Ohio. Come on, can I get free
0: shipping, man? (laughs) It's
1: like, yeah, you can if you buy enough. So go buy some shit. So Michael Mills, Lee Pratt, Jim Lintner. Evan Gilbert, Stephen Russell, Scott Hartley, Leroy. And I'm saying it, Leroy, because that's the way it's spelled out. And it's not spelled out Leroy. It's Leroy Jackson. <laughs> no, oh, okay, now, so you know now, what? Now, I'm, a, I'm a betting man. Hold on. I, was <laughs> I, I bet angel. my life savings, <laughs> this guy's a black man. Look, dude, but
0: I don't know, because he is in he's in Fargo, <laughs> North Dakota. Because he bought <laughs> Yeah, yeah from that's, me. that's true. That's week. true. So <laughs> I was a little conflicted. I was like, wait a minute, man. There's, I mean, now, the stereotypical means Leroy Jackson. Okay, but then what if it's Leroy Jackson, since it's Fargo North? North Dakota, you know, because think, I'm thinking, like, how many people that look like me are living in Fargo, North Dakota? It's cold, one, man. One, one or two, <laughs> exactly. He might be one of them for all we know.
1: It's kind of like the get, it's kind of like when we had Tyrone at that course in Canada. And I'm, I'm all looking around the room, it's like only black guy I see here is sincere. You know, where is where is Tyrone? <laughs> and, he, and he was about as white as you could get, Tyrone. that <laughs> <I> was there, <laughs> looked like he came off the set of. Seinfeld? So what's so, no, yeah Seinfeld. and I am trying to think of something like where like people are really white right like they haven't been in the sun for too oh, pretty long. Much,
0: pretty much any british show you can think of <laughs> downton abbey there you yeah. go yeah, exactly
1: tony flores and tony is a really cool guy he's he's actually been a supporter of my stuff since 2004, he came out to my workshops. He's bought videos. It's funny because in the notes, in the notes section, he's like, "Fuck the freeloaders." <laughs> hey, that's, that's, my kinda, that's my kind of. My kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ll the LLA podcast on the back. <laughs> fuck the freeloaders. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> that's my kind of customer. Then we got Marcus chaos and he came out to our course last yes, year. He's yeah. also another a strong advocate of the show. Stanford Lee, Meredith McGuire, Jason Elliott, Kyle Brown. David Giddings and Matthew Taylor, placing an order from Australia. Thanks a lot to all of these folks for going that extra mile to keep the show free for the freeloaders. Isn't that <laughs> ironic? It's, it's free for the freeloaders because of people paying to buy stuff to support us. <laughs> <laughs> Funny
0: and, that uh, works. Yeah. Anything, going on, anything
1: going on at Patreon or our well, people, actually, on I give steal- loaders over there too? Well, no, yeah. I get,
0: <laughs> yeah, we have one particular one we can talk about later on in the show <laughs> on Patreon with suggestions, but no, no donations. Okay. Oh, I know. I love when people such I love when people make guest
1: suggestions and then ways for us to improve the show. And then I go look up their name. They never bought a fucking thing from either <laughs> one of us. I was like, let me give you a suggestion. Let me let me make you a counter suggestion. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: it's man. like
1: it's like I don't I don't take guest suggestions. Seriously, at all, if you're actually not supporting the show, if you if you do support the show, there's a good chance that the person you're suggesting will get on the show because I go look into that stuff.
0: Ah, see how that works. <laughs> <And here's laughs> like
1: Vinny, Vinny M said, "Hey, let's get Nate Morrison back on." I was like, "Hey, it's a great idea. Nate's a friend of ours. Vinny's a cool guy. Bam, bam, win, win, all around."
0: Exactly. There was quite a few things we didn't get to touch on. You know, when we had Nate on the show that right. you know, we can hit back on a little bit later. That I sure. know our listeners would enjoy. That discussion, (laughs) you know, so we kind of hinted toward that (laughs) at the end. So yeah, next time around. So way to go, Vinny. So that's, that that works like that. And also, uh, a few more people are using the LLA. Coupon code Brian Debates, also Leroy Jackson again. I'm going to go ahead and say Leroy. So, therefore, one (laughs) of us is wrong, one of us is right. I'm calling you Leroy. Not (laughs) wrong. My name is Leroy, I'm going to call him Leroy. Okay, so. Well, it's L E capital R. He didn't do that on mine. It was just Oh, he didn't? Okay, maybe that's a typo. (laughs) (laughs) He got got all fancy with you, but for me, I I just get Leroy. You get Leroy. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Also, Fred B. Hartman, Mark LeBird, or it could be LyBird. It could be one of those. Also, Daniel Hakila <laughs> and, and Paul Katz and also Adrian Deck. That's D-E-C. Calm your nerves. All right. So big shouts to all you guys using the LLA coupon code. And everyone that keeps contributing to Patreon on a monthly basis, we appreciate that. So thanks, everyone, for you know supporting the show the right way. All right. Let's get to our guest, man. Big time. Yeah, man. We have a legit Nutrition
1: supplement expert on the show today, and that's Jose Antonio, PhD. He doesn't like to be called doctor, so we just call him Jackoff. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> Dr. No, my Jackoff. name's is Roy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it's, he it's, is. It's Jose. <laughs> it's not Jose. <laughs> or <That's> Jose. That's... <laughs>
1: so look, Jose. <laughs> let's get to creatine monohydrate here. <laughs> uh, so we're we're gonna just have a fun conversation today and. Get into some nutrition supplement categories and then see where the conversation goes. But, uh, I'm, you, know, you know, the most well researched supplement ever has got to be creatine monohydrate. Would you agree with that?
2: That is absolutely true. And you guys, you guys have a really weird introduction, I must say. This, that's that's, that's got to be the most entertaining introduction I've ever had. And in fact, um, you guys talked about the spelling of Leroy for like five minutes. I'm like, wow, this is.
1: Oh crazy. come on, that was about thirty seconds. It just felt like five minutes because it was so much fun. And
2: and I do want to meet the Leroy that lives in the Dakotas. I, you know, whether it's black man or white man, I've got to meet that guy.
1: Especially Fargo. Um, I just started watching that show. Fargo, I know, man. <laughs> Billy so Bob weird. Thornton, which is a good show, by the way. And, uh, so I was i was i was laughing when i saw the order and it said fargo i was like that's a real place i thought that was just a movie and a tv <laughs> <Exactly>. show
2: <laughs> well getting back to creatine you know what here's what's funny i, I just uh uh you know i teach a uh, uh sports nutrition at nova south, uh, south university in south florida okay and if you were to uh do a random sampling of faculty there let's say in biology uh uh, they may not have training in sports nutrition, but hey, they know a little bit of science. Right. I guarantee you 99% of them think creatine has harmful effects on the kidneys,
1: might uh, cause col- mm.
2: muscle cramps. And the worst purveyors of that crap are actually athletic trainers and medical doctors. They, for whatever bizarre reason, feel compelled to make shit up about creatine. And it yeah. really is the most puzzling thing. And in fact, um, I have students that, you know, they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, you're not going to believe what my doctor told me when I got my physical and my checkup. I'm like, let me guess. You're eating too much protein, and creatine's bad for you. Like, <laughs> they All sort of laughed, like, "Yeah, how come they tell me this stuff?" I'm like, "I have no idea." There's like 300 studies on creatine. I mean, who the hell believes all the stuff that's, you know, all these myths that are uh, that are promulgated on creatine? Right. But unfortunately, it's it's the medical community that's the worst when it comes to it. So. Truly kind of <laughs> puzzling. No
1: surprise there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But you well, know what? what? It gives the three of yeah, yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
2: exactly, What they're, what they're
1: selling is so safe. No side effects with Lipitor. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that stuff's
2: safe.
1: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can remember that you took it. Exactly. exactly. You, may, you may not remember the whole week after taking it, but hey, <laughs> right. maybe yeah. it was a bad week. Maybe that's a good thing. You know? yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, that stuff is good. I mean, you know, I think anyone who's in strength power sport should be taking creatine. Yeah. And if you don't really give a crap about exercise, take it for your brain. I mean, right. It's, right. It's energy substrate for the brain. So I mean, I, there's there's so many compelling reasons to take it. The question that people have to ask is what's the compelling reason to not take it?
1: Right. So um, cheap now, too. So you can't even use that as an excuse. Right. I mean, I, I started taking creatine when it first came out, creatine monohydrate in, I don't know if it when it first came out, but early in its inception of popularity in 1993. Three or four. Yeah,
0: ninety two.
1: So yeah, sure yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I was a sophomore in college, and I took it. And I've been following a vegetarian diet for a long time. So when I started taking creatine, my body really soaked it up, and it was it was amazing. Like I just felt like every time I worked out for months on end, I was adding more weight.
2: Wow. Well, hey, are you still vegetarian?
1: Yeah, I have. I've been I've been vegan for a long time since I'm forty one now. Since I was twenty, I've been a vegetarian since I was a teenager.
2: Interesting, huh? Huh. I don't need too
1: many of those. (laughs) <laughs> he's like it's like interesting it's like he's you like, make hmm. it, it's like he's like interesting you're making it that you're still alive you're making that work <laughs> it's like getting
2: an atheist at church or something <laughs> whatever but hey if it works for you hey keep doing it
1: damn yeah, right it works for me man you see my youtube channel <laughs> you need to go check that out Shit. Uh, yeah you will, I will. no Are no with with, with, uh, with creatine I think I think the whole kidney thing now would someone's creatinine blood levels go up from taking creatine right now, That doesn't necessarily mean there's any kidney damage but sometimes people correlate the two is that yeah. have you seen research with creatine that shows that
2: actually i've looked at the research on creatine i've looked at the research on high protein diets and for the most part it has no effect on serum creatinine you were talking okay. about
1: creatinine, creatinine. Yeah. okay yeah
2: yeah and creatinine is just a measure of, uh, of of renal function i mean you certainly don't want it to get too high um, or too low, um, both would indicate cr- uh, kidney dysfunction. And right. there's no evidence that creatine or even protein per se has a has a deleterious effect on the kidneys. Uh, in fact, people who exercise, I mean, the that it causes an artifactual rise in serum creatinine. So a lot of times, a physician will see it, they're like, "Wow, your blood your your creatinine is up," and and they don't realize that exercise itself could elevate it, particularly right. if you have a lot of lean body mass. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and it just, I mean, it may be elevated, and then it just normalizes later. I mean, your blood pressure goes up when you work out, right? doesn't mean that yep. bad for your heart, <laughs> you know? It's gonna go back Once you stop working out, it's going to normalize.
2: Exactly, exactly. And, you, you know, your kidneys, you know, what's the function of your kidneys? Your the function of the kidneys is to is to remove any waste products, and, you know, that's, it does it really quite well. I mean, right. I don't know why people think the kidneys can be overworked in a normal, healthy individual. It makes absolutely no sense.
1: Yeah. What about protein? Where did all that come from, that protein is bad for the kidneys or excess protein?
2: Yeah. You know, it's
1: funny. I had a student
2: ask me about that because he, he kept bringing up the urea thing. You know, well, yeah, when you yeah. eat protein, the, the nitrogenous byproduct is urea and you have to get rid of it. And I'll tell you this. First time I heard this was from my nutrition professor. I did my undergrad in biology at the American University. This was way back when Ronald Reagan was president, and, and I'm sure neither of you know who Ronald Reagan is because no one oh, knows history anymore.
0: Well, trust, me, um, trust me, we do. Wasn't, wasn't he an actor? <laughs> it's, oh, the cowboy guy, governor, cowboy, actor guy. saw so him in a couple of movies like that. Wasn't he on I saw Bonanza? Him in Terminator?
1: Okay. <laughs> he was on hey. my favorite show as a kid, Bonanza.
2: me a quiz for both of you um, Who was the president before Ronald Reagan?
1: Oh, that uh, was easy. a guy. Come on. Was, I, think, I think I might. I think I might have been a welcome back Carter. He's the guy that cre- he, he created peanut butter. <laughs>
2: Very good. Hey, you guys get an A. Ding 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 ding. ding. Okay. So back when Reagan, it was
1: president. a guy. It was a guy who who said that uh, no matter what terrorists do, we're not going to do anything. That guy. That was the president <laughs> yeah. I think before. <laughs> right.
2: yeah. Good old Jimmy Carter. Good old Jimmy Carter. So you know what? What's funny is my nutrition professor uh, said as an undergrad. He's she said, hey, you know, eating all this protein is bad for your kidneys, and I and I looked in the nutrition textbook, and I'm like, what do you know? It does say it there, but there were no references, so I'm like, God, oh, this is really weird. Then I heard it again in grad school. Then I heard it again after I graduated, but it tended to be the same kinds of people saying it, medical doctors, athletic <laughs> trainers, and dietitians. They kept saying the same old crap, and I'm like, where's the evidence for this? There's there's like none, and, and here's the thing. You guys aren't probably familiar with some of the recent studies we've done at my university, but... We've been doing some very high protein diet studies. And when I say high, we're talking high. We're talking greater than three to four grams per kilo per day. Mm. I, even, I even have a subject who's consuming six grams of protein per kilogram wow. body per day. So you can do the calculation and you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of protein. I've looked at their blood work. Um, you know, when you look at blood urea, nitrogen, creatinine, uh, glomerular filtration rate, and even liver function, like, um, AST and ALT, those are uh, liver enzymes that go up when the liver's inflamed. There's not a darn thing that changes. Nothing changes in these people who are eating literally gobs of protein daily. And so I'm thinking, if they're not if they're not changing in kidney function, where does this originate from? And it originates from the silly idea. That And hopefully people listen to this podcast, at least more than just the three of us. At um, least <laughs> <laughs> 10 or 12 people. <laughs> okay. So those Mark. dozen people, they better spread the word that the idea that, you know, you produce urea from breaking down a protein and urea has to be excreted via the kidneys in your urine. Um, somehow, because the kidneys have to do that work, it's bad for the kidneys. Well, this is how I would rephrase the question. And this is a little biology quiz for you two. Besides urine, where else would urea be excreted? Besides, you know, you pee pee it out. Where else does it come out? Um,
1: You're going to have oh, a
0: poop. through the bowels. That's
1: it's
0: going to come like out. It's going to come out through your tears. You got three. So. You got three <laughs> things you got. Let's see. Pee, poop, and just throw it up, man.
2: Uh, no, you. Hey, two out of three in bad. Just like, you know, me <laughs> said, um, it's, it's, sweat. It comes out of your sweat. Right. So I asked the student, I said, so, so if you sweat, <laughs> right. And all this urea comes out, does that mean it's bad for your sweat glands? Um, it harkens back to
1: 40
2: or 50 years ago, physicians used to say, hey, don't do any aerobic exercise because it's bad for your heart because it makes your heart work hard. Right. And they actually believe that way back when. Now we know that if you actually make your heart work hard, your heart becomes stronger. So the kidneys adapt quite well to whatever stress you impose on it. I mean, unless you have a diseased kidney and let's say you have some renal dysfunction in your family, mm-hmm. there's not a damn thing to worry about. So... You know, why this thing has, has these, uh, has legs. The the idea that, well, here's
1: the, here's the, here's the other question that with protein is, is it beneficial to eat that much protein? I was just about to say
0: the flip side of that now, because there are going to be some that are going to be happy to hear what you just said, so it can justify all the protein they're consuming. But the real question is, all that protein consuming, is it really going to help them? Or how much of it does the body really utilize? And the rest of it is just, you're wasting just stomach space, you know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well. Um,
0: you're, you're, you're contributing to environmental hazards. Exactly. <laughs>
1: you know, one of those other places, you know, get rid of excrements. You know, because so there are past- there are bodybuilders who eat a lot of that protein. Who probably eat that much protein at Venice Beach at Gold's Gym, and they walk around with Lysol cans. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. because it's not because deodorant's not strong enough. Yeah. It's because they're excreting something that is not too pleasant to be around. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you yeah, say that's true.
2: That? The smell of these guys isn't pleasant. Um, however. <laughs> However, here's what happens. Um, If you eat, let's say you eat in excess of 400, 800 calories per day of just protein. So here's your normal diet. On top of that, let's put 400 calories of protein. This is what seems to happen 75% of the time, percent body fat drops. And the other 25%, it's quite variable. It might go up, might go down, but in most people, your body fat or fat mass actually drops. Lean body mass might go up, may not change, but to me, it's ca- the counterintuitive finding that we've found is that percent body fat actually goes down when you overfeed on protein, and people think, well, how the hell does that happen? I mean, you're eating more calories. It's got to go somewhere, but remember, protein isn't stored. It's unlike carbs and fat. You can't store protein, and actually, you can't store alcohol, but that's another that's another well, story. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> so what happens with all the extra protein? Well, there's a couple things that happen. One. You have to oxidize it. If it's not used for protein turnover, you have to oxidize it as fuel. And that's where you get the crazy thermic effect of protein. Mm. The second thing is, and this is, this might be why it contributes to loss of body fat, is that protein can affect what's called non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or, or it's abbreviated NEAT. NEAT or NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And what's neat? What is NEAT? NEAT is, is the sort of sub, uh, the, the movement you do that's not classified as exercise. So, for instance, walking up the stairs versus taking an escalator, um, fidgeting while you're sitting, standing instead of sitting. Um, it's sort of that movement. You, you know, people who are like, God, I can't keep still. Can't keep right. still. Those are people who have very high levels of, of neat. And there's something about eating a lot of protein that might contribute to very high levels of neat and also the high, Thermic effect of, of of consuming protein. So yeah. it's kind of weird that you literally can overeat on on a macronutrient and it actually improves body composition. You can't do that on carbs. You can't do that on fat, and you can't do that on alcohol. Or maybe you could. I don't know. We haven't done the alcohol study. Well, it seems but, that
1: protein protein increases your metabolic rate more so than fat or carbohydrates. Right. Yeah. Hell of a so lot of yeah. So that's one of that that it makes sense to to a large extent just on that. Yeah. So
2: I mean, it's it's to me. You know, if you've worked with, uh, take bodybuilding out of the equation, but work with performance athletes, um, football, basketball, volleyball, you know, MMA, boxing. There's been this, you know, historically, there's been, I think, a very misplaced emphasis on carbs as being number one and then deal with protein and fat, Mm -hmm. when in fact it should be flipped. Protein should be the preeminent macronutrient that you deal with and then deal with fat and then deal with carbs, unless you're dealing with, you know, sports like uh, long-distance cycling or long-distance swimming or long-distance running. But for the most part, most sports don't have uh, a limitation based on muscle glycogen. So, uh, but since most people sort of live in the bodybuilding world, not really in a performance world, they don't yeah. think of it that way. All they think about is, you know, do I look pretty? And it's like, well, you know, there's so many ways to look pretty.
1: But-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested in performance, so you got to perform.
1: Is there a percentage breakdown you like to see uh, between the macros?
2: Yeah, you know what's interesting in our in our studies, we tend to see a breakdown roughly, and this is roughly of a third each.
1: Okay, third protein, yeah, so a balanced approach. Fat. Yeah,
2: right. And, and for people who like numbers, here's 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 a, a baseline I use. I follow um, the rule. Uh, I call it the one two three rule. And the one two three rule is this: one gram per kilo of fat, two grams per kilo of protein, three grams per kilo of carbs. And you titrate them, particularly the protein and carbs, up or down depending on the sport. Um, fat, I tend to keep it, just keep it at one gram per kilo and you should get enough fat, but the protein and carbs you can play around with quite a bit.
1: Mm, Okay. So how would you change it for, let's say powerlifting versus endurance training, marathons, things along those lines?
2: For powerlifting, I would flip the ratio to be, uh, I would drop the carbs and push the protein up. For more of the endurance sports, oddly enough, what I would do is rather than changing the ratio, I would just increase the total amount of everything consumed. Okay. Uh, because you expend so, many, so much, so much energy and so much calories. So. You're
1: still staying. You're still staying within those parameters, just yeah. a larger amount of it, rather than more carbohydrates. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, and in fact, um, there's data on long-distance cyclists who, when they follow their protein intake, they're actually eating roughly uh, three grams per kilo or more. But the reason they're eating that much is when you look at the volume of food they eat, they're eating so much food that the protein intake, you know, sort of by default gets really high. Right. And it's probably only like 15% of their total diet, but they eat so much stuff that it gets really high.
1: Okay. Actually, you know, real just just backtracking a little bit here on creatine, just a couple follow-up questions: Is five grams per day still the recommended amount, or do you do you like cycling? Um not 19, a fan of
2: cycling loading. at all. Um, okay. It doesn't make any physiologic sense because creatine is something you normally consume that's in meat. Oh, that's right. You don't eat meat. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, so there's no need to cycle. Just take five grams a day and it sh- you should be fine. It's, it's, it would be like someone who eats a lot of meat every day. You don't well, what, what,
1: about, what about a loading phase? Is that, like say, seven days of 20 to 30 grams and then you drop down to five?
2: Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you have not taken creatine in a while, then a loading phase would actually work because it'll get you mm-hmm. to a certain point much quicker. But if you're on it chronically, it probably doesn't matter. You don't need a loading phase if you're on it chronically. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: And anything else you take it with? What about taking it with arlopoic acid to increase absorption? What, what about all these new creatine variations? Is that all a scam or is any of it, any of it <laughs> useful? <laughs> Let's
2: see. Is it a scam or – well <laughs> – uh, you I mean, know, is yeah. there is
1: there anything better than creatine monohydrate? Creatine with sugar, creatine monohydrate with sugar, creatine monohydrate with lopoic acid, any of those different combinations?
2: You know, if you mix creatine monohydrate, and just add it to your protein powder or protein shake. I think you're fine. Okay. Um, there's nothing better in terms of uh, uh, efficacy or of, uh, compared to creatine monohydrate. You know, not creatine pyruvate, creatine nitrate, creatine. Ethyl. Well, that's a scam. Creatine ethyl ester. Uh, that's scamish. Um, yeah. Partic- particularly when you look at the claims made that it's like. You know, whatever ten times better than creatine monohydrate,
1: and the absorption is so yeah, much better. Yeah. How do they quantify ten yeah. times? Yeah. And, like and, and the absorption is already good. So how do you right. how do how do you improve that? It's, not like, re- it's not like it's ten percent absorption. You know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. How do you improve ninety bo- <laughs> <laughs> like nine point
0: nine percent of? It's that point one, man. It's that point <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Crazy. Absolutely crazy.
1: Is what, what about taking creatine with other things such as citrulline or beta uh, beta alanine? Is there some compound benefit? Yeah.
2: No, it actually there not But here's the interesting thing most people who take creatine also take beta alanine by default. Right, right. Um, But it's not like there's a synergistic effect. There's just no data, really, there's not enough data to say that. But both, in fact, those two are probably, um, and you could throw caffeine in there, you know, three of the most effective ergogenic aids. I mean, I, you know, I actually like beta alanine uh, as a performance aid more so than creatine because it helps buffer acid. If you're in a sport, yeah. If you produce a lot of acid i mean there's nothing better than beta alanine
1: even high volume training like german volume training beta alanine really helps with those la- i say sets six through ten you really notice the difference with beta alanine
2: oh yeah absolutely i mean uh I've been taking beta-alanine for a few years. I actually have my daughter. I have, a, uh, I have twin daughters, are 15 years old. One's a middle distance runner, uh-huh. and I have her taking beta-alanine. I'm like, you better take your beta-alanine every morning if you want to out those <laughs> girls at the end. Come on. So I have had my kids on supplements since they were like three years old.
1: So. Yeah, that's that's another good question. Because I remember you talked about that in the lecture. A lot of parents are afraid to give supplements to their kids. Mm-hmm. So so, how, what's your counter on that? Except Flintstone vitamins, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, it's, G- right. gum, gummy bears, yeah, gummy <laughs> yeah. vitamins.
2: <laughs> yeah, parents are kind of funny, you know. They're willing to feed their, their kid absolute junk, yeah, and nuts. I have no problem with that. I mean, I give my kids when they were little. I'm like, eat whatever you want, because there's nothing that's more important for kids than total calories. You, you right. need total right. calories just to grow. Yeah. But um, parents in general are really quite afraid of supplements, and um, and I don't know why. You're right. They love Flintstone vitamins, but you know, <laughs> God forbid, you give them like. A fish oil pill or something. You're like, oh my god, is that a steroid? And, and that's always the and default. That's that. what I was about
0: right. to say. It's probably this conception, like when they think about supplements, steroids, athletes. Yeah. Oh, I don't want my children looking like that now. <laughs> you know, maybe 20 <laughs> years from now, where they can actually like go to the NFL and get a check, and then you know, take care of me right. and buy me a house. But right now, no. You know, that's probably and, yeah. The
2: and, the and I tell them like, first of all, if if your kid's gonna look like you know whatever, uh, you know, some muscular athlete, that would be amazing because it's just <laughs> not gonna happen. It's just, you know, you got to train 10, 20 years before you look like that. So well, but they the really are
1: afraid of it.
0: But you're feeding your kids McDonald's and things like that. They're going to the drive through or they're going to Chick-fil-A because that's the healthier fast food <laughs> option, you yeah. know, with all that peanut oil. But, you know, you're giving your kids that. OK, first of all, they're not getting that many nutrients because, you know, you keep saying that you don't have time to cook for your children. So why are you not giving them supplements? You know, why exactly. are you not doing and, that? Because they're missing a lot also, of nutrients, you know,
2: with the food. You they are them. missing a lot of nutrients. Um. And I mean, you know, not to be critical of other parents, but you can almost tell based on what the other parents uh,
1: look like, oh, what their right. attitude is towards yep. supplements. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No doubt about it. Yeah. Most, so most it's like know, most people I know who take supplements are health conscious people, right? So they're doing a lot of yeah. other things right. They're working out, they're eating right, and they're, they're trying to get the extra mile of benefits by adding in some nutraceuticals.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, I remember when my kids were like three or four, and we started them weight training and doing plyos and sprints and all this. And they didn't yeah. know they were working out. They just thought it was just goofing off and stuff. I'm like, hey, <laughs> no, we'll attach a parachute to you and you can it really fast. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they're running really fast with a parachute. You know? <laughs> but, you know, parents are like, your kids lift weights? I'm like, yeah. I mean, well, they don't think they're lifting weights, but they are. We make yeah. it a game and stuff. That's cool. And they're just so weird about it. It's like, oh, I don't know, little kids lifting and all that. That's just weird. I'm like, well, no, Uh, weird is sitting around
0: around playing video games is much (laughs) healthier. (laughs) Sitting there there eating a bag of chips and judging me how I'm raising my kids. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're
0: not not getting much of a neat effect doing that, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I like how you segued that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good there. I'm going to use that a lot. It's like, well, what's your – it's like, well, that might – after all is said and done, what is your need right now? <laughs> that that should be like your counter to all that. <laughs> exactly. Don't worry about what my kids are doing. Worry about your need and just walk <laughs> away. <you know? laughs> good, good. Yeah. So I mean, so creatine is one of those things. I don't know why people even still debate whether it's beneficial. And then the, the protein debates are kind of funny too. But uh, we could spend the rest of the episode about that. But there's a couple other categories I wanted to get to as well. Now, glutamine, here's where things get a little bit murkier. Some people still say glutamine is great for recovery, for improving, for, for lowering soreness and for your immune system, et cetera. Others say that your gut just absorbs most of it, so it may have some gut benefits, but that's about it. Now, what's your take on glutamine?
2: You know, it's interesting. I wrote a, a scientific review on glutamine God, I think this was in 1996. So, um, in 1996, I was a big fan of it. I thought, wow, everyone should supplement with this. It might actually help, particularly with immune system, so you don't get sick if you exercise a lot. Right. Um, But the data on it was really kind of wishy washy. There was some, you know, most of it actually showed like nothing, like a neutral effect. Mm. However, you know, I'm not a, you know, I talk to my science friends, and I'm not what you call a science purist. A science purist is someone who goes strictly on the data you know if a study is done on 19 to 25 year old males who are you know between 75 and 85 kilos then that's the only population it applies to that's a science purist right i tend to look at data and i and i sort of stretch it and i say okay who might it apply to it might help now interesting data on glutamine lowering the risk of upper respiratory tract infections you know if you do a lot of exercise like running a marathon that kind of exercise mm-hmm. and and it, you know it, it could possibly help so you know, what's the what's the trade off? What's the worst thing that happen? Well, the worst thing that could happen is uh, nothing happens. And so if the if the question is you're choosing between nothing happening and something helping, well, then, you know, go with it. I mean, unless you can't afford it or something. But there's data also when they combine glutamine with alanine. It's a, it's a dipeptide. You know, they, they combine right. alanine the
1: trans trans alanine glutamine.
2: Uh, is that what you're referring to? It's well, I know it is L alanil L glutamine.
1: Okay, Um, okay. I think think, think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah.
2: yeah, A friend of mine up at University of Central Florida did a study on it, and he found uh, there's some data showing that it improves time to exhaustion. So it's one of those things It's sort of like HMB uh, way back in the 90s (laughs) when (laughs) – when Bill Phillips said it was like Deca, and we're like, oh, <laughs> no, it's not like Deca. And then for like 15 years, no one gave a crap about HMB. Now HMB is coming back because oh, maybe if you work out really hard and you take HMB, yeah, it looks like it yeah, well, yeah, yeah. so. Every,
1: Everything is circular. Maybe he meant yeah. it was maybe he meant it was like Deca in that it causes ED. Maybe that's maybe that's the correlation he was talking about. You know? Because you just blew a lot of money, you didn't get any benefit, and now your testosterone levels have dropped from making that error, and you have ED. So maybe maybe that's the correlation he was trying to draw upon.
2: Possibly, yes. <laughs>
1: the HMB was one of those things that like people just kept singing that song for so long, and then they would say, "Well, look, now you you have to eat at least a gram of protein per pound." It's like, okay, well, if you've never done that before and you start doing that, then you're probably going to benefit from that, right? right. Not, yeah. not taking HMB with that. And then it was like, no, you just you just need to keep upping your protein intake until you get a benefit. It's like, well, okay, well, how do you know what's causing the benefit now? Is it the increased protein intake or adding HMB to the mix? Yeah. And even well, then, I mean, people didn't really notice that much.
2: Yeah, I think people now think that for HMB to, to work at its best, you have to really beat the crap out of yourself with exercise. It Like if it's Aunt Millie who walks her poodle three times a week for 30 minutes around Boca Raton, HMB ain't going to do it. but. If you beat the crap out of yourself, you know, six days a week doing whatever, then HMB yeah. may actually help. You know, so. But
1: what about that new HMB analog that MuscleTech is selling?
2: The uh, uh, HMBFA.
1: I think it's called the Clear. Is free the brand acid. name? Yeah, 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 yeah That one.
2: Free acid form. Yep, yep um, that's it. Yeah, that actually is where some of the newer data is coming out. Um, not many people, you know, here's the thing I don't know many people actually tried it, but the data looks pretty interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, and there's even data, I don't know if it's that particular form, but showing that HMB can decrease body fat loss in well trained rowers. So, mm. uh, and I know rowers train like crazy. So, oh, yeah. for them, yeah. body fat, that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit further. Maybe I'll yeah. add that to the rotation at some point. Now, what do you think about nitric oxide supplements? Any benefit at all, or is that another one of those scam categories? <laughs> <laughs> you notice how I lead you in with what I think. <laughs> True or scam? <laughs> now, do you think it works, or cool. are, you, <laughs> are you smart like me and you know it's a scam? It's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Uh, well, let's go back in history. Who, who actually started a nitric oxide category?
1: As a supplement or just like yeah, the researcher? A
2: supplement category. Oh, man, I don't know.
1: I don't know who started the supplement category. There were so many that came out in, around well, I was, late 1990s.
2: Ed, holy crap. I, I asked you a question. Now I forget the answer. Oh, Ed Bird. <laughs> Ed Bird, yes. Ed Bird. Okay. Um, he was also part of the founding of EAS way back when with him and Anthony Almano. So, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so Ed Bird started this category called the nitric oxide category. And it was based on the idea that, you know, vasodilation, blah, 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 nitric oxide goes up, muscle protein synthesis, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I <laughs> We can use the word scam. If you want to call it a scam, I call it a, a sort of a fake category. Right, the reason right. I call it a fake category is because <laughs> if you actually look at the products, I've looked at these, quote, nitric oxide products, I'm like, yeah, that would work, that would work. But none of it works based on nitric oxide. And I that's see. sort of thicker. Okay. It's sort of like. You know, if you went to buy, let's say, you went to buy a Ferrari, and it was really just a Mercedes Benz that was made to look like a Ferrari, <laughs> I don't think you'd care. You're like, well, it's a great,
1: car. <laughs> right? That's a good idea. Let's just, get a, let's just get a shell of a Ferrari, put it on a Honda Civic.
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, that would be a scam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, no one's gonna know, right? You just gonna drive by, like, man. This- like a Mike and
0: that Ferrari. Yeah, so <laughs> you try to outrun like that, that cop and you realize, wait a minute, he caught me in a charger. What happened? People are in smart cars <laughs> passing by you and know,
2: all that. You know? <laughs> right. So you know what? You get the idea. That's the analogy. It, it works, but not the way the nitric oxide so – Something
1: like L-citrulline works, but not because of an increase in nitric oxide because citrulline seems to be the most beneficial out of all these different options out there.
2: Yeah, and even you know even the data on citrulline is not that impressive. There's just not oh, really? that many studies on okay. citrulline. Yeah, I mean there is some showing that it'll help with uh, uh, resistance, uh, with uh, endurance performance. Uh, also, to, it improves like high intensity exercise stuff in humans. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're talking maybe a dozen studies on citrulline compared to you know four hundred on caffeine and yeah. three hundred creatine. So, but you know. In that whole category that they call nitric oxide, yeah, it's worth it. I mean, let me give it a shot. Yeah, what the hell?
1: It can be yeah. fairly expensive too. So I mean, it's if if something's expensive and it's going to have a very marginal benefit, then why bother?
2: Ex- exactly, you and the dosing can be problematic. I, you know, I guess yeah. you know it's roughly like five to ten grams. I've known people taking citrulline. I mean, is it worth it? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think you're better off taking actually beta alanine than citrulline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about caffeine because is there a difference in, let's say, caffeine you get from coffee or tea versus the caffeine, the caffeine supplement? supplement. Yeah. yeah.
2: Good question. If you had asked me that a year or two ago, I would have said okay. there is a difference, and that pure caffeine, anhydrous caffeine, works better than coffee. Um, there's been some recent head-to-head studies though of caffeinated coffee versus just caffeine pills, and there doesn't seem to be that much of a difference as long as the dosing is is fairly is is equal. So. Um, you know, if you prefer it as a pill, which I do because you can get the exact dose you want. Right, right. Um, and some people just would rather, you know, take a shot of black coffee, which is fine too. So, um, But coffee, I mean, caffeine, great stuff. Coffee, probably the healthiest beverage you could drink. I mean, I love coffee. It's, you know... It should be its own food group. It should be the like. A some pyramid people, pyramid for some people it is like, their
0: own food group. <laughs> <Doc>. <laughs> okay. Sin- Sincere is love in this part of the show, right here. <laughs> As I'm sipping on mine right now. <laughs>
1: right. Like, let me, me sincerely to cut and paste this part of the conversation, like, right <laughs> gonna, on. his I'm going to repeat page. it over and
0: over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having subliminally playing in the background throughout the whole interview. Like this is be
2: its own food group. <laughs> Just make it part of the entire. Make it like the bottom half of your pyramid, and then put everything else on top of it.
1: Exactly. Is there is there a way for you to calculate the optimal caffeine dose? Let's say before a powerlifting workout, or like let's say you want you're going to do a PR on deadlifts in the gym, and you want an extra kick. Is yeah. there is there a way to determine what is the optimal caffeine dose for you?
2: Well, here's what I would do: I would play around with a range of them, and I would go from three milligrams per kilo up to at most six milligrams per kilo body weight. And if you want to really do this scientifically, I would randomize the order. So let's say one day you come in and you take three mgs per kilo. The next day you come in and you do six uh, mgs per kilo. Then the next day you do four. next day you do five. And basically just sort of collect the record in terms of how you feel, how much strength you have, et cetera, et cetera. And for most people, the, if you were to just sort of pluck the average person and say this is the dose, five milligrams per kilogram seems to be the most commonly used dose that's effective. Um when you go below it it doesn't work quite as well when you go above it people are like oh, i feel like shit you know i got you know my head hurts i got a headache so 5 milligrams per kilogram seems to be the best dose for most people not yeah. all people
1: most people so that's a per, so I, I would take around 450 milligrams looking at my body weight calculating that real quick
0: so basically about it's, 2 cups of coffee
1: man yeah yeah, four two, feet, Well, a cup. A good cup and <laughs> sear is what? 150, 200 milligrams?
0: Yeah, just yeah, something depends. like that. Yeah, whereas on the flip side, that you have some people who love their energy drinks and they'll take that instead, and that's about like two cans of energy drink, but look how much sugar you're getting in place. Of yeah, that. yeah, right. Because I know right. those people are listening right now. They're like, oh, that's two cans of Red Bull. I'm good. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no Red, but, you
2: know what? Red Bull.
0: Red Bull that's like is a regular. 80. It's 80, as a matter of fact, because um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 80. It's not that much Yeah, exactly. But basically, the thing they used to reference off the time when I worked for them you know it's like basically you know you know one can of red bull compared to a cup of coffee which has 200 milligrams that no a caffeine supplement you know the actual caffeine pill would have that but not a cup of coffee per se you'd have to actually have two cups of coffee for to equal that one supplement that one pill that caffeine pill and then go from there so yeah red bull has about 80 milligrams compared to a cup of coffee which has and there is some good data on
2: red bull you know, there's about 12 studies on
0: Red Bull. Well, believe me, I well. know. They drilled us with that so much. Were, were they asked. were they funded by Red Bull or you know yeah, <laughs> or yeah, who yeah.
2: You know, actually, yeah, but, most of them weren't. No, oddly but, enough, yeah, they weren't funded by Red Bull. Okay, so. it was
0: Red Bull's parent company that funded it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> so <are>. so, it's <laughs> someone who could benefit yep. very well from the you know, their number the, one the energy investor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the energy drink, and you know, maybe Coke has something because they have their own little energy drink. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's always you always got to follow the money. Okay, who's funding? Yeah, because because who would
1: fund it otherwise, right? If exactly. they're not, what, what's their what's shit? what's their benefit?
0: You know? <laughs> who Gives a shit, really. Like, why, why would
1: I a why, a f- why f- would I fund a study just <laughs> for the hell of it?
2: Like, hey, because you're a nice guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like energy drinks. Well, <laughs> hey, I, I like donating money to charities, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> supplement study.
0: <laughs> this got something if, in it for me.
1: Come supplement on. study for Red Bull. I don't know if that
0: qualifies <laughs> as a charity.
1: <laughs> Now, is there any concern in taking too much caffeine? Right? I say, say or unless you take, would, yeah. would you
0: do this? Also, okay, you're saying I'm pretty much going, you know, three to five milligrams per kilogram of body weight. But would it be more beneficial also, not just to rely on that? Let's just say if they take the supplement, or they're drinking coffee, or whatever, you know, pre workout, whatever. Would it also benefit them more to drink water throughout this time? So, because you're saying that, you know, like, oh man, I feel like shit, I have a headache, blah blah blah. A lot of times that's coming from, you know, just. Again, they use like an energy drink. It's got a lot of sugar in it. That sugar is going to dehydrate them, and things like that. So, what else should be going on with that? What else should they be taking or consuming besides just the well, caffeine?
2: You know, it's in. Um, well, if you're if you're talking about caffeine alone, I mean, caffeine actually is not a diuretic. You know, actually, not, no. more. Yeah, that's why I was yeah, talking about the energy drinks.
0: So, yeah, yeah, I the
2: energy drinks. Um, of I mean, sugar. but there's so much other stuff in other in energy drinks that it's it's almost really impossible to compare it to just pure caffeine. Right. Um. So, uh, I have no idea what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it
1: so, took so long to ask it. I don't know what it was. <laughs> i <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> no, so
0: again, you know, pretty much, should they just really rely just on caffeine alone, you know, pre-workout, or should they consume something else? Like, should they drink?
2: You know, I actually, like me personally, I use both, and I've had athletes I work with that use both. They'll mm-hmm. do pure caffeine, or they'll drink Red Bull, or they'll drink whatever energy drink they have on hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of it is a matter of personal preference. Um... I just like the fact that you can, you know, you can dose real well with a pill. Um, the thing with a pill, though, uh, it's you, you get much quicker absorption with a liquid. So if it's if it's in Red Bull or whatever, you know, whatever energy drink you like, it's going to be absorbed a little bit quicker. Whereas with a pill, it might take a slightly longer. So let's say you're doing a race or something, you know, Red yeah. uh, Bull thirty minutes to a race. If you're taking a pill, maybe forty-five ish, sixty minutes before a race, something like that. So. Um, I don't know if you guys race. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I mean, you might race. You know, I don't know. Do you guys
0: race? No. <laughs> I,
1: I go. I go. I go sprinting with my dogs. Yeah, is there's my there's my race right there. <laughs> my race there is in go. pretty quickly. <laughs> now with with caffeine, can you consume too much though? Where there's a negative effect, as in your adrenals are tired, you're fatigued, you're burned out. Should you cycle maybe, off maybe, of it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, are there is there any detrimental effects on your health if you're consuming too much caffeine, I guess is you where know, I'm going?
2: If you consume too much caffeine, high dose, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, uh, operationally define that as let's say you go up to eight or nine milligrams per kilogram. And there, I know people who do that, who do it okay, but most would probably get, you know, they'll probably get headaches. Um, they might get, you know, tachycardia. Their heart rate might be a little too high. Their blood pressure might go up. Yeah. But typically, that'll go back down once the caffeine's metabolized. And remember, the half-life of caffeine is roughly six to seven hours, six and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So after about six, six, to, uh, six and a half hours, half of that caffeine is gone. After another six hours, half of that half is gone. So if, once you metabolize it, you're, okay. you're, you're fine. However, you can overdose and kill yourself on caffeine, you know, taking about 10 grams or 10,000 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> that's a lot. So, that's enough to kill a blue whale probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a lot of caffeine there. Yeah, exactly. It's, probably, it's probably more the additives that people take with coffee or whatever their source of caffeine is, whether it's this energy drink or a coffee with a lot of sugar and cream and so forth in it. That's the issue than caffeine itself.
2: Um... Well, like, what do you add to your
1: coffee? <laughs> well, I don't drink. I don't drink coffee. But that's most people that I see drinking coffee. It looks like a milkshake. Yeah, it's yeah, it's exactly. not black. Yeah, it's it, not. It, it's, it's not a cup of it's black not coffee, coffee anymore. It's yeah. it's now an ice it's, cream. it's a dessert it's for a breakfast. Dessert. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and they're drinking okay, yeah. several of those throughout the day.
0: Right. Or then you have others yeah, who crazy. add other things to their coffee, such as butter. Yeah, we. You knew you were, you knew it. Was <laughs> yeah. Coming. Yeah. you knew it was coming. Yeah. Those of you listening, but, <laughs> you know, it's a matter of time. But a fourth of a cup of butter. Butter. Exactly. So now you have this high concentration of fat that's going on in there as well so bulletproof coffee huh you said it, hey, you I know what my, you should try you should
2: try drinking coffee it's the healthiest memory hey, let me is. tell you
0: you know what i like in my coffee coffee
1: that's what I like. Yeah, Sincere, Sincere doesn't like his coffee integrated.
0: <laughs> He's a racist. Coffee, yeah, Joe, you're a racist man. I like that pre 1968 type coffee. You know, before you had, the dream, I had a drink in of the 1950s. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, too funny. I like bulletproof,
1: bulletproof coffee doesn't make it doesn't make your ass bulletproof because you're going to be on the can all day. You know? oh. so it's, it's kind of an oxymoron.
2: <laughs> It just sounds gross.
0: I, mean, I don't I, know. Bulletproof asshole. <laughs> kind of sounds like the guy that created it.
1: I don't know. You're so bored. You're so, you're so bored with your coffee that like, you have to start thinking Dude. of just all kinds of crazy stuff to put into it. Like, like someone was telling me about a, a friend of his who crack who cooks two eggs and then blends that into his coffee. Oh come on, man! For so like, why don't, on, eat, why don't you just eat, why don't you just eat the eggs and then have a cup of coffee it's like with, with, your eggs. with it? it. Come on, yeah. have burgers, you don't have to. Compl- <laughs> you don't have to blend it all together.
0: We're not the Jetsons right now where we had to put all of our meals into one little can of something and drink it from there. <laughs> Let's just stop this madness, man. That's nasty. That's oh, nasty. God, I can't even imagine.
1: What, what other <laughs> stimulants do you like, if any, besides caffeine? Is there something
0: else that you we know cannot what, be aware well, of?
2: I was really bummed when the FDA banned ephedra. I love it. You ephedra. know
0: what? That's a common thing almost every... Every guest that we brought on, especially doctors, PhDs, all that, that is the one thing. It's the common supplement that everybody like, man, I just really wish. Well, that, that's there because there. his work productivity went down <laughs> by threefold. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dr. Antonio's over there going, man, I just can't get this thesis done. <laughs> you know,
2: I, I needed to get through teaching a bunch of 18 to 21-year-olds. 20, <laughs> now, now imagine that. You're exposed to 18 to 21-year-olds who who at that age, they know everything. You know they know
1: everything. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it's like, holy shit, I need help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, when when Effertrin was legal, I mean, all of us have tried it out. Was there, do you think that people just took too much of it? That was an issue for them? Again, it was something where they should have had a more precise dose.
2: You know, I, I don't know if they took too much of it. I think there was definitely, you know, the FDA wanted to use it uh, more for political reasons. They wanted to protect oh, the pharmaceutical industry, you know. Uh, yeah. But very few people abused it. I mean, it was actually, here's the interesting yeah. thing it was one of the few effective, not only supplements, but drug look at the drug category that actually promoted body fat loss without exercise i mean yeah. nothing can do that no, that was uh, the only thing i'm like wow they it weak.
1: seemed that it has some somewhat of a muscle preserving effect as well yes
2: right. oh yeah i'm glad you brought that up that was one of the sort of side benefits people didn't think about it's like wow it preserves lean body mass when you diet and i'm like wow yeah. that's even better crazy. Know, crazy people who diet i mean i don't diet
1: did you, did you like the epidurin-caffeine stack? I mean, the aspirin was part of yes. it as well. It seemed like aspirin was just an, an add-on, or was there any real benefit? To and, take? No, not the
2: aspirin. I mean, yeah. it was definitely the caffeine in the – that combination was what – it was like You know, Batman People took the, the aspirin experiment.
1: because they got headaches. You know, from <laughs> yeah. to, you're
2: going
1: to get a headache from being so wired up and not drinking enough water, so let's just throw aspirin in the mix. It's a preemptive yeah. strike. <laughs>
2: and that didn't – I mean, that didn't do much, but yeah, caffeine right. and. the – that was like the
1: dynamic duo. You can still you can still get epipen. I mean, it's still you're not, you can't get it at GNC or the vitamin shop, but I mean, it's 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 available online. I don't know if that's a gray area in terms of legality, but you go to any truck stop. You drive yeah. anyone who drives across yeah. the country. You you stop by one of those gas stations, which doesn't even have a brand name. It's just called gas. It just says gas <laughs> on it. <Yes. laughs> You go yeah. to the counter, but you have to go inside to pay. You can't pay at the pump. There's, <laughs> there's always a bunch of ephedrine pills right there on the counter.
0: Yeah, and in certain yeah. like certain like little Chinatowns and places like that. You know, if you go to oh, yeah. you know those little places, they have it as well. So yeah, it's still I mean, out there.
2: <laughs> and you know the uh, I mean the normal substitute you see now for ephedrine is synephrine. Um, I mean it works marginally well. It works marginally well. There's data on synephrine with caffeine and things like that. Doesn't seem like uh,
1: that has the same kick. Yeah. So, um, it <laughs> yeah. Does. It's yeah. It, it, that's, was that's, too a, much.
2: Right, I thought ephedrine
1: was too much for me. I'm just naturally high energy. When I took ephedrine, it was I, I was just bouncing off the walls. But oh, I always like felt it. that if I, I always felt that the dose was too high for me. 25 milligrams. If I if I kept it at let's say five to eight milligrams, ten milligrams, I think that probably would have been all right. But that's because you're a vegan. <laughs> so I have. <laughs> I have so much energy because of that? okay are <laughs> like, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm not wasting all that energy digesting that four grams
0: of protein per kilo you're taking. You know, out. I can spend more time in the gym instead of the toilet? Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> too busy deadlifting 500 pounds like it's a hot air busy, balloon. You're too busy dead dropping 500 pounds. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No, uh, no yeah so it, I, I agree with you though on the political reasons though that was just something that politicians could jump on because it was all over it was all over it was a good distraction. at that time yeah, yeah. just like and's like, worked yeah, here, right exactly,
0: like steroids or anything else these days it was just a good distraction man
1: like oh yeah well that that makes me brave what, what did you think of uh, the whole hormone, pro hormone category when that was hot during the I think it was the early late 90s early 2000s
2: yeah the pro hormone category I actually did a few studies on pro hormones in uh what's ironic is the the consumer that most frequently bought it was the one that it did nothing to And that would be <laughs> young guys yeah, young male yeah. hormones didn't do shit yeah, but if you were a you're girl
1: you trying to take a testosterone booster
2: yeah <laughs> Come on. exactly you know but girls it, it, it definitely helped girls i mean i knew a lot of girls who were taking it and it was like it was almost like taking really low dose testosterone um so you know for that population fine I, you know I'm a big believer in, you know, freedom and liberty and I can't believe it's banned. I mean, if people want to take pro hormones, let them, but they're banned, and so what the hell? They're going to ban everything.
1: You know. I think you did a study on pro-hormones and how it affected these women's clits, right? Isn't that correct?
0: Was that one of your journals? <laughs> well,
2: yeah, it required like manual, you know. <laughs> it was a very
0: hands-on um, you know, <laughs> study. It's a
2: very hands-on study. My wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs>
1: She's like, what? <laughs> so that's well, what you, you know, if you want
2: to be day. part of we're going to do a follow-up study, and it might require like... For you to measure it orally. <laughs> Ooh.
1: i do not measure Oh, God. Just put a really bad visual out there. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah, this, is what, this is what happens when you're not used to coming on a show like this, right? It's like, uh, it's like we're making all these just, just these, like off of the, these just like uh, raunchy jokes. And then he's like, oh, okay, cool. I could be one of those guys, too. You just throw it out there.
0: <laughs> you, you know you're going you know to shock one of us. and like, whoa, Dr. Antonio, that's going too far, man. Back in the <laughs> I'm going to do an
1: oral exam and see how and see what these nine-inch clits look like.
2: (laughs) You know, it's funny. I uh, I had a a friend who uh, and I you know can't mention you know these people um, who dated a a female bodybuilder and he actually he was like. You know, it's it's like uh, God. I guess you could say blowjob. It's then, like giving a blowjob to a girl. And it's like, <laughs> no, like dude, what? And
0: you're like, guy. you know what? I'm sorry. I cannot it's, relate. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's, that's like, you this guy, this guy finally came out of the closet. Exactly. Right? You know? He was halfway that's out. A, <laughs> that's a that's a gateway. You know? <laughs>
1: exactly. like, that's oh. like that's like his first step in accepting his sexuality. It's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be with man. It's like, let me just go with a female bodybuilder. Okay, I'm ready to take the next step now. You know? I'm sorry, Mike. I'm still
0: laughing. You said nine inch clips. That just sounds like a cover band of nine. Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, right now there's five women out there who want to be a cover band for Nine Inch Nails they
1: are going to take that name. You're welcome. I'm going to go trademark that sucker right now.
2: What's the demographic of your listener? Do you have any idea?
1: uh we are like yeah, <laughs> so don't, don't play the show in the car with your kids we, yeah we make sure that we,
0: we put that ma rating on there and, and you know if you get pissed off like oh you guys should have been talking about, hey that's why you have that rating on there buddy so it's up to you <laughs> don't get pissed off when you show up to an r-rated movie like i i can't believe they were having sex in that movie. it was an r-rated movie <laughs> man <laughs> come on pay attention so yeah, yeah you
2: know the <laughs> someone who's going to get offended by something. That's sort of the sad. You know what?
0: If you're not offending At
2: someone, age.
1: then you're not fucking doing anything with I, your look, life. Look, anyone who <laughs> listens to our show and gets offended, I'm offended that they thought the show was a fit for them. <laughs> I'm offended that they thought my business model was a fit for them. Like they came to my website and said, oh, yeah, this guy seems like my kind of guy. And they're like, oh, I was so offended by what you said. I was like, man, I'm offended that you made it this far. Yeah, that's How did you end up on my website? That's true should...
0: signs that we know that yeah. someone just started it to <laughs> the show on this episode. Like, I can't believe yeah. you guys said that. Why not? Have you not been on Star <laughs> Show before? What about the other 147 episodes? I'm like, i did not, know. <laughs> you guys
2: do have a lot of episodes, by the way. A lot. Yeah, we've been doing it for
1: a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing it We're for like, a
2: while. Don't you get tired of talking?
1: well that, that's what sincere is here for <laughs> i get tired i can Dude, let him talk for a while he gets tired let's be talking exactly. for a while <laughs> you gotta get too
0: talking to people to do a show and then when one of them needs to know when to shut the fuck up <laughs> so it works out pretty well if only marriages worked out that well for a lot of
1: people <laughs>
0: But they don't. You need exactly. more mute. You need more mute buttons in
1: marriages, right? You should just have a remote control. If someone's talking <laughs> too much. Bing. <laughs> mute.
2: mute. Like, was there a movie like that? I think there was a movie like that. Yeah, quick, yeah. It was quick.
1: with Adam Adam Sandler. Quick. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> was hilarious. Exactly. exactly. Oh, oh my god. And now back to supplements. <laughs> <laughs> we I one of to make sure I got that conversation about it. clits out of the other way. That's done. Like, okay, <laughs> female bodybuilders, check. All right, let's get back to supplements now. What, what do you think about branched chain amino acids?
2: Ah, uh, the branched chains. Um,
1: yeah,
2: you know, marginally. Uh, you know, if you're if you're consuming a high protein diet or, or even adequate protein diet, I'm not sure the branched chains matter that much. I know there's some data showing that if you take it, it might um, decrease delayed onset muscle soreness, which might contribute to you working out harder the next day. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. the interestingly, the people I recommend it to are not are not people strength power athletes because I think there has to be some sort of inflammatory process present in order to get muscle hypertrophy. Right. I actually recommend it more to endurance athletes so they can recover for the next day so they can work out because oh, okay. muscle hypertrophy isn't part of their shtick. I mean, it's right. not mm-hmm. important. So, um, but for the strength power guy, the bodybuilder, eh, you know, it's you know marginal.
1: Okay, so, so, so taking ten grams during your workouts and stuff like that just seems.
2: Yeah, I think not, you're at, off not
1: taking, that beneficial.
2: Yeah, I think you're better off taking actually ten grams of either way, or actually ten grams of the essential. Okay, so
1: taking actual protein. Power. Yeah. Yeah. Just mix with water during yeah. your one of your workouts. Exactly. Like, okay, that's interesting. Exactly. Yeah, and it's I think on a on a, on a cost-to-benefit ratio, too, with a protein yeah. powder, you're getting all the amino acids, all the essential ones. While branched-chain aminos, you're just getting three. You're just getting but, the three. Right. I mean, so you
2: just, are getting leucine, which is the most important of these. Sure.
1: So maybe just adding leucine to a protein shake yep. would just bump up Absolutely. benefits. That makes it a little bit more scientist. sense. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, so branched tin aminos, let me go ahead and throw that away. I've got some in my kitchen right now. Just chuck that. <laughs> what about, you know, one thing that a lot of us who've been working out hard for a long time, you start getting these joint issues and you're just a little bit more beat up. Or Do you find things such as glucosamine, acetylmeristolate, chondroitin, MSM? Do, do any of these if has has, you come across research that shows any benefit for any of these for strength training uh, yeah. athletes,
2: glucosamine, great. Chondroitin, I mean, usually chondroitin is with glucosamine, right, MSM. Right. There's some good data on that. Uh-huh. I actually been taking glucosamine for, you know, I'm 53. I've been taking it for well over 10 years now. Um, it has alleviated whatever symptoms I've had of of, of joint pain. So okay, great. And in fact, glucosamine seems to work fine by itself. You don't even actually have to have chondroitin with it. So
1: is there a I, dose? You, is there a dose you recommend?
2: Yeah, about, uh, you know, it's like 1,500 milligrams per day. So okay. 1,500 milligrams, you know, 1.5 grams seems to work really quite well. So I recommend it to anyone before they get joint issues. Yeah, um, yeah. There yeah. might be some prophylactic benefit to it.
1: That, I think, is the problem, is that most people start looking into these things after it has hit a tipping point where you're, you're, you're in pain all the time. Yep, exactly. And now you're trying
0: to reverse it. Well, if you did some preemptive measures— well, that's when it's usually yeah, advertised to folks like that. If you look at something like any show that's pretty much geared to any station that's geared toward an older generation, like the, <laughs> yeah. the Game Show Network, you know, or things like that. That's Matt Matlock Marathon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or, you know TV Land <laughs> and all those murder, channels. murder she wrote. Yeah, yeah, all those channels, they're pretty much catering to people who are already going, they're already suffering through these things now. And right. so they're, they're trying to put them off like, oh, you need this now. No, you needed this before that. And that's the problem. They're not coming at them ahead of time. And their doctors usually don't talk about it either. What do they know? They well, right. put them on some other pharmaceutical, you know, some high grade drug that's going to have like a fifty million like side effects or something like that. So by the time, like I said, you, they see it, it's too late, and they think, of, "Well, now it's going to cure all that." Now, if I start taking glucosamine now, you know, even though I've had arthritis for the last twenty years, I should be okay, right? So, yeah, exactly.
1: well, will will mitigate any of those. Let's say someone has been suffering with arthritis yeah, yeah. or joint pain for a while. Will adding glucosamine have some benefit?
2: Yeah, you know, what? glucosamine because a lot of the data actually is on people who already have osteoarthritis. So right, right. it does it does seem to decrease the symptoms of it. And uh, you know, mine wasn't you know mine my joint pain wasn't very severe, but it was enough that it, it impeded my ability to exercise. Yeah, so it's helped quite a bit. Yeah, helped quite a bit. Wow.
1: Yeah, I give it to dogs, too. I mean, all of yeah. my – I have two seniors, and they take glucosamine. I find acetylmeristolate, I don't know how familiar you are with that, but I find that really helps dogs with hip, hip pain in general.
2: Oh, well, how do you know if your dog has hip pain?
1: Well, I have, I have an older lab where she was having a hard time with mobility. She had a hard time going from a lying position to a standing position, right? That's one of the health okay. signs. And then the vet further diagnosed that. So we started. I started giving her acetylmeristolate. I started giving her glucosamine recently as well. I right, gave her citalopram at that time, and she her mobility improved quite a bit. And she's 16 now, and she still goes wow. for, she still goes for long walks. The fact that she's still alive, that alone is impressive. She's a yellow yeah. lab, yellow lab, and not only is she still alive, she's still very active. And she runs down the stairs to get food. She has no problem going up the stairs. She has no problem going for long walks. So I mean, you know, she gets she gets tired faster than my younger dogs do, but that's natural, especially at yeah, her age. But, but her, really her quality wow. of life is great though. Her yeah. quality of yeah. well, life is really cool. good. Yeah. yeah. So that's been really interesting for her. Okay, I think that covers just about most of the supplement categories I had. So let's end with what are you researching now that looks exciting to you? Is there anything you've come across?
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm still in the midst of uh, part three of a four-part high-protein diet study, and okay. we're actually we'll be the first group to actually look at high-protein diets over the course of one year. Um, no one's ever done that, and on average, these guys are consuming three grams per kilo, which if you ask any doctor, dietitian, athletic trainer, they would all agree that's pretty high. I mean, three grams per kilo, most people don't get it that high. So if over the course of one year three grams per kilo has no, you know, harmful effects on kidney function, liver function, then hopefully it'll sort of put the rest, the idea that it's bad for you. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, someone will say, well, oh, what if you did it for two years?
1: What about 10? You have to do it for a decade. Before we <laughs> yes. <do that.
2: laughs> so, and I know they will be, you know, it, it, I call it the, the moving target. You know, it's like you hit the target. They're like, well, no, a year isn't long enough. Let's do a year and a half. Let's do two years. <laughs> like, shut the hell up, dumbass.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny how when even, even after you have data to support Whatever you're proposing, there's still going to be those naysayers. But those are people that just don't want to. They just don't want to do anything. You know, those are the same people in life who just don't believe anything will work. It's like I don't want to quit a job. I hate and pursue my dream because it won't work out. So I'm just going to stay right. here for the rest of my life. Exactly. You know, it's that, that kind of mentality.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, hey, where can people find out more information about you? Do you have a web <laughs> – actually, it was hard for Sincere to find information about <laughs> I you. can find
0: just about any
2: damn
0: thing, man. <laughs> I can actually find that bodybuilder with the nine-inch clint that you were talking
2: about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get you know, her on the show next.
2: <laughs> What's interesting is I actually have taken stuff about me off the web, and I've actually – just promoted uh, you know the ISSN International Society of Sports Nutrition I have a very short bio I put up there yeah, but you do. I don't put my bio anywhere cuz I want people to know about the ISSN as an organization come to our conferences for instance our national conference is in Clearwater Beach Florida next year a third week uh, second weekend of June oh. um some of the best sports nutrition science and also some train you know strength and conditioning science that uh, people presenting at our conference it's full two days two tracks um, some of the best, you know, really some of the best scientists in the world come to our conference. Is, and that, in, is that in
1: Florida where you're based? Yep, Clearwater yeah, Beach, cool. Florida. Awesome. It's beautiful. You know, you guys should come. And you can yeah, love, on I'd the- love to check that out. It sounds like a great event. Yeah. So, so, is there, is there, so any, anywhere else, you're on Twitter. You're yeah, on, yeah, I'm on, on Twitter. Uh, my handle
2: is Jose Antonio PhD on Twitter. Um, and also, you can find me on Facebook, but. There's a lot of Jose Antonio's because apparently there's was a lot of Mexicans with <laughs> and folks. There's, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's no pictures,
0: then uh, you would be correct. Okay, when I typed <laughs> in Jose Antonio, I had like seven guys from El Paso. I'm like, I'm thinking he's not one of these guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's he's not the
1: he's not the guy who has pictures of his handle on his Twitter profile that we were referring to in the last couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Well hey
1: man, great having you on, really informative. Thanks. Love to have you come back soon. Really yeah, interesting this is conversation. Fun. You yeah. guys
2: have actually I've done a lot of interviews. And I've interviewed people. This has got to be the most fun, you know, being interviewed by anybody. So,
1: well, thanks a lot. Uh, hats nice off way. to you guys. <laughs> no Thank way. you very much. You have a great day. Great talking to you. Take care. All right,
2: Take thanks, care. buddy. Appreciate it. Bye bye.
1: And that again is Jose Antonio, Doctor Jose Antonio, PhD. Check him out on Twitter, Facebook. He has a couple, a couple of lectures on YouTube that I saw the other day that were pretty interesting. And I think he has a he has, I know he has a book. I forgot to ask him about that, but I know he has a book that he put out a couple years ago. That was on actually sports supplements. But the thing about books that came out a couple years ago is that it's already antiquated now. Right. Right. So it's it's like buying a book on supplements from 10 years ago It's going to be it's not going to be completely well, worthless it's, but it's there's going to be
0: it's gone from a science book to a history book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, not, you know? <laughs> it's like thought we st- thought stuff that we thought worked back then. You know, some of it may <laughs> still be
1: true. <laughs> you know, but that's that those are the books that had like articles on why Tribulus is going to be the next best thing <laughs> right. and now we all know that sucks even though people still sell it even though it doesn't do jack shit. But right. back then we thought there we had it had some promise. That's just the thing about information training. It tends to test, stand the test of time more, right? Like if you look at a lot, a lot of the old-time strongman advice, a lot of that is still really good advice now.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's why you have people trying to go back and see what these guys did, and then they try to get the rights to it since it's free information, and then they, they <laughs> yeah, repackage yeah, it as yeah. their information. So they'll they add some footnotes to, uh, we know, some of these strongmen's old books, you know, because it's public domain and these guys. Well, man, Matt, the Matt Fury it. did that with oh, Farmer exactly. Burns, right? Yeah, Farmer exactly, Burns, exactly. that
1: book was out of yeah. cycle, and then he bought. I don't know if it's the copyright or whatever else you can buy for it. Maybe he didn't even buy the copyright. No, he it's just started public publishing. domain.
0: And yeah, 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 it's it. public
1: domain, so you can. So he just, started, he just started publishing it and selling it, even though it's basically free, that information. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so... Uh...
1: So, so that's what happens. You don't have any of your own ideas. What do you do? Repackage someone else's, literally, and, and sell put it. And a you know,
0: footnotes in there, like, yeah, you know, here's what I feel. Blah, blah, he's blah, he's blah. not even trying to create a book based on that <laughs> no, guy. he, he actually took that I'm guy's gonna take book this and, <laughs> and put it back out again because you dumbasses couldn't find it, so I'm going to help you.
1: So hey, someone else, someone else <laughs> did that for some uh, some of the old time strongman stuff as well. I remember
0: John Hines was oh, um, it exactly guy. Um, He actually had like the website. Wasn't strongman you know com or something like that. We're yeah, yeah, the there's
1: there's that one too. He's a good guy though, actually. But he's he's taking books that no one can find, actually, exactly. and has just made them made them available for the marketplace. I think
0: Zach Evans did it with the Russian line. You know, that's who well. did it as yeah. well. George Hackett Smith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: exactly.
0: So, so yep.
1: Uh that's the fitness industry there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about that for a long time. But we're gonna wrap this one up. So again, yeah. use that coupon code L L A. Go get 10% off. Some great products at mikemuller.com and how about your website same man?
0: thing newwarriortraining.com use that coupon code lla 10 off all our products also head over to patreon.com slash podcast, become a monthly supporter of the show go ahead and start off in that little block where it says one put a zero behind it or any other number behind that or at the very least you can put five dollars in there and just support the show each month on a monthly basis and they hate hey, it helps everything keeps going around here and somebody got confused because they thought like you know when they see that five hundred dollar you know goal or whatever they think that's you know they think like oh is that's what what it cost you guys to produce the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm like
1: yeah. uh yeah, one okay. guy's like why are you paying so much to be listed on stitcher i was yeah, like i'm not like, paying <clears throat> to be listed on stitcher because no <laughs> one pays to be listed on no, stitcher here,
0: here's what happens man team. it's like when you when you sign up for patreon you, you have a set of goals they ask you to have goals for every little you know little i I don't know how to put it, you know so Pretty much, that was the first thing. I was like, "All right, we'll start off. Let's see if we reach 500 before we increase that or whatever." And yeah, we're we're doing
1: fundraising for our time basically. Exactly. It takes takes a it takes a lot of time
0: to do the show and in find terms of good the guests, actual- do the, the show notes, and do the production, yeah. do the edits. And trust me, it's wa- it's worth way more than 500 freaking dollars a month, folks. Yeah, instead, <laughs> of, instead of worrying about
1: that, make a donation. Yeah, just so make, you make a went, donation. You, you went out of your way to go to the page and the Intelli- and then come ask <laughs> us why you know we were paid this much when you could have made a donation and just kept your advice to yourself. <laughs> no, that was another option and it
0: wasn't re- it wasn't well researched advice because the, the the thing that was suggested I'm like um that's not for this particular situation that would be more toward bands and artists and things like that nice try though but uh, hey just go ahead and make a donation next time <laughs> <laughs> we won't argue with that doing everything you can to not make a <laughs> exactly so uh, and, and speaking of Stitcher and iTunes and TuneIn you can also go over there share the episode rate the episode let everyone know about it all those things help the show keep going and growing alright so so, thanks for tuning in this week, everybody, and lots more good stuff on the way. All right, folks, take care. All right, take care, everyone.